Rink wide left, Martinez to the right. They score! Carlson! Back and forth with Martinez! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Petrangelo scores! Two markers for Petrangelo! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in to Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports, Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... He's hot, baby. He's ready to go. That's a Chris Chapman. And I'm, I'm going to put out a picture of Chris Chapman, because we talked a lot about his appearance yesterday. I'm going to float this picture out on Twitter and Instagram, uh, at Darren Millard and uh, Darren Millard on Instagram, the old IG, and I'm going to let you people judge whether I'm being too hard on him or not. I didn't get a lot of blowback yesterday, but really, Ryan Wallace saw Chapman today in the flesh, and you think that, uh, that I was being a, a little bit... Uh, mean. Yeah, I mean, I generally think that you are that person most days, so it's Mm -hmm. not like it's unfair of me to say that, hey, Darren, I think you're being mean in this instance, because that's kind of your default setting. But that all being said, I I did see Chapman today. I did have a face-to-face conversation with Chapman today, and I'm not sure if it was just the mask covering most of the beard that didn't that that kind of threw me off or or is is causing me not to really see what you see. Uh, But I will say this. I I think Chapman's hair is more offensive than his beard. And I don't really mind people getting a little scruffy around the edges. It well, what about the Chapman. body? Like the body. He, he even admitted I mean, the body was gone and a little soft. Well, I mean, that, but that's for him to, right. to, to worry about, right? Okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to tell Chapman what to do. I'm not here to, to tell Chapman about losing weight or anything like that. Chapman, be happy. Be you. Be healthy. That's all I really care about. Well, I think by telling me to be healthy, you're kind of telling me I, I do need to lose some weight. No, no, no. I'm saying be healthy. Like, just as long as you're doing whatever it is you need to do to stay healthy, and as long as you are feeling good in your body, you do you, buddy. See, but as my friend, I would appreciate you telling me that I need to lose weight. Because, like your friends did. Your yeah. friends' like, parents did. Yes. But, yes. like, again, you, you <laughs> I, like, I feel like you have a pretty good sense of what you do and don't need to do well, and I where you so. should or shouldn't be in terms of, of, your, of your weight. So, you know like, what this I'm, tells me? I'm just going to interrupt you right now. Oh, yeah, let's You know what this, this tells me? Uh-huh. This tells me that you've let yourself completely go. No, because no, you, he because, hasn't. Because Wallace is out of the home set. I can't see him right now. That, this tells me. <laughs> By supporting Chapman's rough edges and pudginess, that Wallace Jeez. has let. No, he said it yesterday. I don't think I used the word no, pudgy. No, 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 no. He didn't say it yesterday. He said that he put on a little bit of weight. He you said, said today. I didn't say that he's ten pudgy. pounds. I said like six or seven pounds. Uh, so this tells me that Wallace, you have fallen off the fitness wagon. No, I, I saw Ryan. He actually looked pretty good. Yeah, he looked. Well, I mean, I'll be the judge of that when I, I see him. I I know he's been extra. He's been running. So yeah, Ryan. Ryan does a lot of plus plus Listen, working on the on the homestead. That's that's got to help. I'm telling you this right now. I might not look like much, but I can do some things. That's yeah. all I've got. Do, yeah, how about the fun. Olympics? Could you are you looking like an Olympian? Because we got a lot of Olympic talk to come today. We also have uh, a big discussion to come surrounding one of the superstars of the National Hockey League, and it's an injury. 
and its surgery. We'll tell you all about that as we continue. Plus, we continue our top five, bottom five discussion. Yesterday was the fifth best team and the fifth worst team in the National mm-hmm. Hockey League. We went around the studio and Wallace... Chapman and Millard had differing opinions on really the worst and the best uh, at number five. Today we'll go the fourth best team and the fourth worst hockey club. And that, uh, like the picking the best is fun. Mm-hmm. Picking the worst teams in the National Hockey League is juicy. I get more excited about that side of it. But uh, uh, again, that's my, that's my default position. But out of the yes. gate, the Olympics gentlemen. Uh, The National Hockey League has committed to sending its players to Beijing for 2022. We're going to have a couple of Olympic games inside uh, a year. It's old school when they used to be in the same calendar year. And uh, we'd roll through the the winter and the summer. We're going a little bit in reverse. We're not in the same calendar year, but it's still going to happen where we have uh, two Olympic games, a winter and a summer in close proximity. And with the National Hockey League going and the players drove this We're going to have NHL players at the Olympic tournament uh, for the first time since 2014. I went back and looked at the teams, and the United States really had a great team in 2014, just like they did in 2010, and kind of just ran into one scruffy game in uh, in that contest uh, uh, in the bronze medal game. That was about it. Other than that, they were really good. And I'm looking at it going... Boy, Team USA might be one of those clubs that you pay extra attention to when it comes to making your medal predictions for 2022. Yeah, I I mean, I I think you look at USA hockey in general and you start to get a bit excited about some of the combinations that you can throw out there on the ice. Of course, you've got Austin Matthews. You know what you're going to get in Patrick Kane. Uh, The Kachuk boys... I think Matthew's kind of one of those players that, that's a lock to make the team. Is Brady going to be able to do enough to start the season to kind of get himself into the conversation there? Um, I I just I look at it and I say, up front, at forward, this is a team that should be able to put the puck in the back of the net, and they should be exciting in doing it. The United States lost the final in 2010 in overtime to Canada. The USA fell one nothing to the Canadians in the semifinal in 2014 in Sochi. It, 2018 is an outlier because the National Hockey League didn't send uh, its players. So it was a bunch of amateurs and and just, it, just not best on best. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of throwing that out there, all those results. When you look at the, the changeover from 2014 to 2022, enough time has elapsed that there's going to be much different teams Except the Canadian roster, I think, will have more holdovers than most of the others. Is that a good thing, or is that, oh, you're hanging on a little too long? Well, I, I think when you look at the players that, that you're kind of talking about, and, you know, in Sidney Crosby and, and potentially Drew Doughty, like, I. I don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing, right? Like, you look at Team Canada, you look at some of the the names that are out there, you look at some of the team uh, players that that are going to be available. Um, you think about the idea of that Brad Marchand, Sidney Crosby, Patrice Bergeron line that has been so dominant in international competition, and then you factor in that they'll likely be their the Canada's second line because you've got Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon. Um, 
they're kind of ready to take that next step at, at, for Team Canada. I I just I, I I get the question, but experience in a short tournament like that I think is going to pay dividends and is going to matter. I just look at Team Canada. I look at the talent. I look at the roster of what I think it's going to be, and they're just so stacked. It's ridiculous. It uh, is a very stacked team. The blue line is great. Goaltending, there's question marks. I think the United States has great goaltending to to lean on. Ryan Miller is going to be a coach for Team USA. Uh, I'm also looking forward to the sweaters when they come out. Uh, I think Team Canada is actually launching theirs uh, or unveiling theirs uh, this week. Uh, But the Vegas Golden Knights, and we should mention, like, the Olympics are going to happen after the Honda All-Star game uh, in Las Vegas. So we're going to have to be the center of the hockey universe for yeah. the weekend. And uh, there's some talk that, that maybe the federations are going to hold mini like gathering sessions here right after the All-Star game. And then everybody fly to Beijing uh, mm-hmm. together, like two teams, two clubs per plane. Uh, fly over on charters and and leave from this side of the country. Uh, one of the major advantages of Las Vegas hosting the All-Star Game being in the Pacific time zone uh, and, and then going straight to Beijing. So we could have some incredible access uh, to the top hockey players, both at the NHL All-Star Game and then the, the federations as they prepare for, for Beijing. And then you, you, you dial it in even deeper, and you've got this Vegas Golden Knights squad with its potential Olympic involvement, and you add it up and you go, there's seven, maybe eight Olympians with the Vegas Golden Knights players. Right. Plus plus coaches uh, that, that that will be involved. It's, it's a massive commitment uh, from the Vegas Golden Knights side of it, which is, again, why the Golden Knights are considered one of the front runners uh, for the Stanley Cup in 2022. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, I think, to see where the Golden Knights players end up and, and whether or not uh, the numbers we're looking at are, are ultimately going to be the numbers that we see in terms of participation in the Olympics. I, You look at Mark Stone, you look at Shea Theodore, you look at Alex Petrangelo, and those three right off the bat scream absolute locks for uh you know, for Team Canada. And then you go kind of beyond that. Max Pacioretty, you talk about a guy that can put the puck in the back of the net. You talk about a guy that, that kind of lives for those big moments. You you look at him for Team USA and you say, absolutely. I, I look at I look at there being a spot for Pacioretty. You know, William Carlson, Robin Leonard, I look at Team Sweden. I say those two guys make a ton of sense and, and probably are going to be, you know, in the running, if not on the team. So, the Golden Knights will be very well represented on the ice in Beijing. Alex Petrangelo was part of the 2014 team that won gold in Sochi. He will be part of Team Canada. Shea Theodore should be a part of Team Canada. When you talk yeah. about the rise in the level of his game, and a couple of years ago out of the bubble, in that uh, semifinal loss to the third round loss to the Dallas Stars. Uh, it was all about Shea Theodore. He had his game into an area that he could contend for a Norris Trophy. Probably didn't see the best of Shea Theodore last year. Still really good player. Yeah. Really solid. Uh, but I, I, there's another level, right? Yeah. So I, I think it, the spot is Shea's to take and grab for 2022 in Beijing, which would give you two defensemen from the Vegas Golden Knights. Well, what about Alec Martinez? Like when when you think about Team USA, when you think about you know 
the the season that Martinez had last year and the the potential of of what he could do to start this season do you think we're looking at an opportunity for the Golden Knights to send three defensemen to the Olympics if Alec Martinez starts the year off well and and kind of works himself into that conversation I love him I would yeah. put him on if if Alec Martinez is playing at the level that he did last year and yeah. then into the playoffs and remember he was on a broken foot uh, yeah. in in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first uh, little bit around or round and a half whatever it was uh, on, on a broken foot but Alec Martinez for me with his experience and the level of his game I would put him on Team USA as one of the eight now who uh, who would you leave off that's the question and yeah and I looked at a list yesterday <laughs> of of ten players for yep. Team USA for defensemen and Martinez wasn't on that list. Mm-hmm. And it was a really, it was a really good list. So he wasn't even on a group of ten. But when, and we we all love what's in front of us. And that's why yeah. the the problem with fans is you fall in love with your hometown players uh, a, a little too much. And the job of the general manager is being able to turn the page at the right time uh, and knowing when that uh, when that perfect uh, opportunity is to to pass a player by. Uh, and it's been the the uh, the end of a dynasty, a premature end of a, of many dynasties, is not being able to do that properly. Uh, I don't know whether that's the case here with Alec Martinez. It might be that people aren't seeing him enough, and with the National Hockey League going back to a norm, normal, traditional schedule of everybody playing everybody, it's going to be a big first half for Alec Martinez. I I if he's at the same level. Guys, as he was last year, it'll be a tough decision for Stan Bowman and Billy Guerin. You're not wrong because as I'm kind of perusing the names, as I'm looking at at 10 names right now, as much as I love the game of Alec Martinez, I think it's going to be a hard sell yeah, to, to crack that, that code, to crack that list. That being said, every time you, you look at Martinez, every time you, you catch him play, He's just one of those guys that does the right thing every single time. He scores big goals. He's he's a, he, it's such a utility defenseman that you can put him in so many different situations that you know a lot of different things can happen between now and February. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. But when you look at the defense right now for the for Team USA, it's stacked and it's very 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 good. It's probably the best the best part of the team. I mean, when you look at some of the names. You've got a guy who is coming off winning the Norris Trophy in Adam Fox. You have a guy who was second in the Norris Trophy in John Carlson just a couple of years ago. You have a guy who is a potent two guys who are potential Norris Trophy winners in Seth Jones and Quinn Hughes. I don't know how you leave any of those guys off. And yeah, Martinez has a great case as well. But I mean, the U.S. is loaded on the blue line, and and it's so tough to find a guy that you would. Leave off, and we're not even talking about guys like Jacob Slavin or Tori Krug or McAvoy, Wierenski. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- throw throw them into the mix. I think there's a, I think there's a case to be made for Martinez. Uh, mm. And if he, if he took one of the spots, if you if you structured it as uh, the eight guy, and you offered him the opportunity to play his way into the tournament, um, you know what he can do. You just have to talk to the the management and the coaching staff uh, around the Vegas Golden Knights uh, about his influence on the team. There's there's a spot for him 
is that the right place? It's a nine, it's a nine day tournament basically. Yeah. So how important is is that that leadership, that experience, that versatility in a nine day tournament? Probably not as important as a regular season. As much yeah. as we like to sell Alec Martinez <laughs> as as much as we can. Sure. I'd take him on my team. Like would I would I take him over Charlie McAvoy, Tory Krug, Zach Wierenski? It I'd have to have that serious conversation. So the I think that's interesting because my my other question to you would be not so much in Zach Wierenski, Tory Krug or or Charlie McAvoy, but a name like Ryan McDonough, right? A player who's won back-to-back Stanley Cups, who's had some exceptional, exceptional moments in the playoffs in those big moments. Like, I, I look at a Ryan McDonough and, and kind of an Alec Martinez in the same way. So if you're you're trying to kind of get through to which one you choose, is that not the better comparison of, of each individual player? Absolutely. Uh, for sure. Uh, and and you, can, you can go down that path. But, I mean... McDonough's going to have a hard time. Uh, I know he's got the experience. I know he's got mm-hmm. that winning pedigree. Uh, but, I mean, same number of cups uh, yeah. on, on, for the other guy. Uh, they just, one's more recent than than Alec Martinez. Uh, versatility uh, also plays a role uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, with, with Alec Martinez and his ability to skate and kill penalties. Uh, I like it. So there's... Can you imagine if he if he does go, three three defensemen from one <laughs> National Hockey League team, uh, that's an embarrassment of riches. Uh, and you also, because we're having this conversation, you realize how important it was to find a way to uh, acquire uh, the assets and the cap space for re-signing Alec Martinez. I mean, it goes in lockstep with what you said yesterday. When when it came to getting Alec Martinez back under contract for the Golden Knights, it made this defense a legitimate top three. You, you've got you've got your big three defenders. You've got Martinez, Petrangelo, and Theodore, and, and those are the kind of those pieces that you need in order to continue to be successful and consistent year in and year out and challenge for a Stanley Cup. Mark Stone has played on the national team uh, for Canada a couple of times was not part of the Olympic championship gold medal winning squad in Sochi. But uh, it was probably two years ago where the talk started that he could play in, in 2022 for Team Canada. And in the last year, he cemented that spot on the right side. It, it won't be a top six spot at the start, yeah. uh, but... Uh, I would not question or be surprised if he played his way uh, up during the lineup. And uh, I, it almost frightens me to think about what his reaction would be uh, from the uh, expression uh, of Mark Stone, <laughs> the emotion that we see out of him uh, if, he, if he scored a big goal at the Olympics. But uh, Mark Stone uh, leads the way from the forward core of being an Olympian. Absolute lock for me, Mark Stone. I, I don't see a scenario in which he's not with Team Canada in Beijing. Uh, his linemate, Max Pacioretty, no doubter for Team USA. I think there's some doubt. You do? Not, not really. I, I do on the part of Max. I think if he wants to go, I think he'll be on the team. But I wonder if Max would rather take that opportunity to rest up 
spend a little bit of time with his family that he may not have the opportunity to do in a, in a normal season. And he's a guy who who he he puts a lot on the line every time he laces him up. So I think he okay, may want to. What wanna... do you base that opinion on? Well, because because everybody has family. Uh, yeah, maybe not but as but many children as Max. Max has, but... Max is a, he he's not a young guy, right? He he's he's on the the other side of thirty. So I just think, and and I don't have any inside knowledge. It's not like I've had a conversation with him, but. My my feeling is he he may decide he's played for Team USA before. Have you talked to anybody about this that's giving you? No, but but I, I I am giving my opinion on it. Okay, and that's, and that's just what I I, yeah. I want to separate. Yeah, your the, opinion from from, from facts from there, what you're what you you I could I be could be one hundred percent off base, and if I am, I'll 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 gladly admit that I was wrong. But this is a gut feeling. This from is a Chris Chapman. a gut feeling that <laughs> if given the opportunity. And I think he will. I think Max Pacioretty would skip the Olympics. I think he goes. The Olympic Games. <laughs> well, I, I, I just think back to, to a comment that he made a couple of years ago, how bad things happen when he plays for Team USA. Oh, oh. <laughs> so the, you're projecting that? No. Based on something, at least. I mean, he, Good he, point. he, he did kind of mention that, that he's played for Team USA before and they haven't been successful and he hasn't played very well. So, uh Maybe he'd want to use it as an opportunity to go out there and prove that all all that is done and in the past. But my gut feeling says he would skip it. Okay, if I'm Max Pacioretty and I'm looking at over some of the other names on this team, and I'm looking at the defense and I'm looking at the goaltending, and that's really t- to me where uh, the the strength of of this Team USA team is. Um, you know, Austin Matthews, that, that doesn't hurt either. Jack Eichel, that doesn't hurt either. Uh, but like, I'm looking at this team as constructed, and I say to myself, I have a legitimate chance to medal in this in this tournament and, and even challenge for a gold medal. Like, I'm going. I'm just going to go uh, because you don't get that opportunity very often, right? Like, it, it's it's not something that you can ever really replace, and it's an experience that you've got to, to go for and you've got to shoot for. And if you have an opportunity to win something – on the international stage for your country, I think you you go. And if Max Pacioretty, um, it, it, to me, is is one of those players that puts the puck in the back of the net, and you can never have too many of those on your team in a short tournament. Pacioretty was on the 2014 team that lost to Canada in the semifinal, uh, one or nothing. He uh, played in uh, five games in that tournament, and I don't know whether he scored a goal or not. But also played for Team USA at the. Uh, World uh, Cup. So uh, there's a couple of uh, experiences for uh, Max Pacioretty. But in in the Olympics, it's one appearance, uh, one assist in the five games. Uh, I'm not going through and and reading anything into that. <laughs> in a five game stint, that he, that things may not have gone well, so he may not do it again. Well, those were his words. Those were his words. Those aren't mine. <laughs> Wallace was the best one. Well, at least it's based on something. <laughs> You gotta like you gotta find the silver linings, yeah. Darren. That's all. Yeah, good, good. Uh, I, I think he's there, and plus, just the confidence that you can get if you go there and and win. We've watched players become different players in the back ends of their careers, and and take charge. And I'm not saying that's going to happen with Max. He's uh, going to be a. a probably a, a, a guy that you're going to talk about for the Hall of Fame with the numbers that he's putting up and they're getting better as he continues and if he can continue at that health point and 
the goals that are coming and knocking on 40 in a season. Like there's, there's some big things uh, going his way. I, I see Max Pacioretty even later in his career becoming a power play specialist, uh, mm-hmm. which is, would be great because the Vegas Golden Knights need to improve uh, their power play. Uh I think that there's there's an opportunity at an Olympic Games to play in, with people like that, that uh, that you're you're talking about and Kane and and, and Matthews and Blake Wheeler if he's uh, on that team USA like the you could just pick things up. Uh, William Carlson, no brainer. Yeah, I mean I think he's on Team Sweden. I, I really do. I, you you want to be strong down the middle and. You know, for William Carlson, a bottom six role for Team Sweden, I think that that's exactly where he should be. And, and you know, he does so many things. He kills penalties. He's he's really, really defensively responsible. He can score goals, too. It, to me, he adds to the depth of that team up front. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Ryan. I think that's a no-brainer. And yeah. I think that's a dark horse team that, that could maybe compete with Canada because you look at their blue line. Their blue line's really good, too. They had a great... Uh run in 2014 we should mention the other potential swedish member for the vegas golden knights robin leonard but here's the caveat Hmm. robin leonard hasn't played for team sweden since he was a junior and i I don't know whether it's the case or not but jacob markstrom is the other challenger for the number one spot um both guys really want to play and they want to be the guy and i'll be curious whether one or the other says, uh, if I'm not going to be the number one guy, the goaltending uh, is different than than forward and Max Pacioretty. Goaltending, I've I've watched it play out this way, where guys haven't gone or would say that they would only go if they were the number one guy. And I could see it with Team Sweden, uh, with Leonard Markstrom and that decision. And I, I think that there is a decision to be made there uh, between Leonard and Markstrom. What's what's interesting about that, I think, for me is, you know, Jacob Markstrom has the potential, I think, to kind of be more comfortable this year in Calgary in his situation. Does he play himself kind of into that role uh, based on how he starts this season? Because for me right now, Robin Leonard, I think he's set up perfectly you're right to just have a phenomenal start to the season and if you're team sweden and you're looking at just kind of how each guy starts the season i think there's less question marks with robin leonard than there are with jacob markstrom and if leonard's clearly putting up the numbers and, and putting up the stats that that show he is right now the best swedish goalie in the game then i think it's going to be hard to argue with that but i i do take your point and i take it well that if you're a goalie and you're going to kind of take that time in the middle of the season to travel across the world to sit on the bench it it becomes a question of is it more important to just rest and and make sure that i'm ready to go for the back half of the of the nhl season and I'm, i'm i'm not saying this because we're in vegas but if i'm the coaching staff of sweden i think robin leonard's my number one guy and it's not a too. knock on Jacob Markstrom because I like Markstrom. I think he's a really good goalie. I just think Robin Leonard's better. I mean, he's proven in the playoffs that he could be a shutdown goalie. He was a finalist for the Vezina Trophy just a couple of years ago. He won the what is it, the Jennings Trophy? Him and him and Mark Andre Fleury. So I think he's my number one guy just based on the last couple seasons and the way that he's played in in the playoffs and the way he's played for the Vegas Golden Knights. What about? 
fringe players, bubble players. So we have what six six players right there mm-hmm. between Barchi, or sorry, uh, Leonard, Carlson, Pacioretty, Stone, and then Theodore and Petrangelo with Martinez in the mix. Sven Barchi, Swiss. Sven Barchi signed by the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Henderson, probably one of those uh, swing players. The possibility there, Sven Barchi. Then you've got Russia in mm-hmm. Dadanov. Yeah. Or as you discovered yesterday, we, we had this discussion yesterday on, <laughs> on the opening show. And it was Dadanov or the Donov. Yeah, it's Dodonov. Dodonov? Yep, Dodonov. That's what you think it is? That's what it, it is on the pronunciation. Yeah. That's going to be tough for me to get my head around. So Russia, Jenny Dadonov, or Romberg with Denmark. So all of a I, sudden you're going you're it, going 7, 8, 9, 10, maybe 11 yeah. players yeah. from the organization. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's potentially there for the Golden Knights. I, wow. I think, obviously, when it comes to Dodonov, a lot of it, again, I think is going to be determined in the first three to four months of the season in which he is playing with the Golden Knights. And, and I think you're going to see a rejuvenated player from what he was in Ottawa. And you start putting the puck in the back of the net, you start to get noticed, and, and you start to kind of solidify your spot. Uh, Sven Berchi is an interesting one for me because I, I think that, you know, if there's – opportunities to get some play at the NHL level. I think that that kind of raises his stock a little bit more as well. Um, those two are probably the ones for me that I, I think make the most sense. Uh, Ron Bjerg going to be interesting, but for the Golden Knights, if you could get seven guys, eight guys, that just gives you an idea of, of how well and, and, and how well constructed this team has been over the years. And how many, how many federations is that countries? Putting my my Olympic uh, speak uh, hat there with federations, uh, you've got Rombjerg, Denmark. So five, eh? Oh, six, six with Rombjerg. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. And what's pretty cool is when you look at teams. you look at some of the former Golden Knights who could be potential Olympians for their federations too. This team has done a really good job of bringing in some quality players since their inception. A guy Rombjerg. like Lu- Lucas Pisa may be an Olympian again. Wow, I can't wait. Uh, 2022, uh, big decisions uh, for uh, Team Canada, the defending gold medalist when it comes to NHL participation. And uh, Team USA has had a great couple of Olympic games with NHL participation. And then you put the Swiss and the Finns uh, into the mix. Uh, it's going to be a lot. And, and the Swiss, the Swiss, by the way, always seem to put up a fight uh, with everybody. And Swedes are, are always uh, right there. When we continue, top five, bottom five. The countdown continues. Today, it's number four, the fourth best team from the VGK Insider Show in the National Hockey League going into the season and the fourth worst club. Plus, some big injury news from an NHL superstar on the way as we bring you this 90-minute uh, show. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. You know, we, we don't have a lot of time for this segment because we went so long with the Olympic conversation. VGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, Millard, Wallace, and Chapman. Uh, Want to tag on to it. Uh, John Cooper is Team Canada's uh, head coach. Uh, but Pete DeBoer, 
from the Vegas Golden Knights is one of his assistants. And Misha Donskov is uh, uh, an assistant coach as well uh, for the coaching operations. Uh, he is a Vegas Golden Knight assistant coach. So there's two more people from the Vegas Golden Knights organization involved uh, in the Olympic Games going there. And it just kind of trickles all down to why you are contending uh, for a Stanley Cup. We have uh, about five minutes here, and I'm going to give Wallace the decision-making power because <laughs> he is the rational one. Yeah. Do you want to do uh, the Sidney Crosby story here and then get into top five, bottom five at the top of the hour? Because it just doesn't seem like we have enough room to go full on with top five, bottom five uh, before we have to take a break and, and sort of reset and get going here. Well, there's a lot of tea leaves. I'll try to read through them. Let's yes. do the Sidney Crosby story. So Sidney Crosby is going to be out for the start of this season roughly about six weeks. And we're a month closing in on a month from the start of the National Hockey League season. Crosby's going to be gone for six weeks after having a surgical procedure on his wrist today. Uh, a lot uh, came out about this because not many people really knew. First of all, Crosby had an arthroscopic procedure on his wrist mm -hmm. last September. Uh, that didn't impact his season because they were in the middle of that the pause and the season didn't start until the new year. So it didn't impact the, uh, the start of the season. Didn't have to miss any games that he had to turn around and have another surgical procedure this time. Sounds like it was a little more, uh, in, invasive or, uh, there's more to it, uh, than mm -hmm. just the arthroscopic, but, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins will be without Sidney Crosby to start the national hockey league season. And that kind of caught people by surprise a little bit today. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly not ideal for the Pittsburgh Penguins going into a, a season where, uh, if I'm not much mistaken, they'll, they'll be without Evgeny Malkin to start as well. So if that's the case, you're down your top two centers and your two, really, your two franchise players. So um, it's it's always interesting because when, when there have been times where Malkin has been out of the lineup, Sidney Crosby has really elevated his game and vice versa. When Crosby's out of the lineup, Malkin has been very, very good for the Penguins and, and elevated his game. So right now, uh, you're looking at the idea and the prospect of, of the Penguins just not really having that one-two punch to start the season. And we all know how important starts are. You're not going to you know, you're not going to win a playoff spot in October, but you can certainly put yourself behind the eight ball. So for the Penguins, this is a, a big, big news day and not a good one. Uh, just to touch on what you uh, brought up about uh, Geno and Malkin, uh, Ron Hextall, the general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins, said uh, that he will provide an update on Malkin closer to training camp. Uh, it's not ideal to start the year without him and Crosby. Let's be honest. Love that. <laughs> At least he's not shying away going, hey, it's a good opportunity for our young guys to get their feet wet. Like he's not trying to sell anybody that, uh, which, yeah. uh, which I do appreciate. Uh, he said that uh, they're not going to sit there and feel sorry for themselves. We still have to find ways to win games. That's from Ron Hextall, the uh, general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But for Crosby, uh, he was asked quite bluntly, Mm -hmm. Why now? Like you're yeah. you're five and a half weeks less than around that for the start of the season for Sidney Crosby to to start the season. You have surgery now, and yeah, it uh, they wanted to give it as much time as they could coming yeah. off the end of last season, 
rest your body, rehabilitate, go through the, the, the gearing up for the season, and then where are you? This is an issue, and I don't know the specifics of Crosby's wrist, but Hextall said it's something that's bothered him for numerous years now, and we go back to the fact that he had an arthroscopic procedure uh, 12 months ago. Uh, on the same wrist. So they're hoping that this will deal with it once and for all, that Sidney Crosby can play the rest of his career without uh, having any hindrance that is coming from this wrist injury. Yeah, I mean, I I think that what you're looking for if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins is an uninhibited Sidney Crosby. And if you can get you know, a 10% better or 5% better, whatever it is, version of Sidney Crosby, and you get that two or three weeks into the season, you're going to take that because Sidney Crosby is still at a very, very high level. And if you can get just a little bit better or, or just feel a little bit more comfortable, then you know what you're going to get the rest of the way. So I, I think that from uh, that standpoint, you just want to get your player back as healthy as possible, as quickly as possible. I understand trying to to avoid surgery, trying to have this be as minimally invasive as possible, and now you're at a point where you just you don't think it's going to get much better. You've got to make that decision. You've got to be, be firm in that decision, and you have to hope that when Sidney Crosby is eligible to return and healthy enough to return, he's going to return a, a, a every bit the Sidney Crosby we expect him to be. A year ago, played 55 games and scored 24 goals. Mm-hmm. It was a point-per-game player, more than a point-per-game player, on yep. what you'd say would be a bad wrist if if he's yeah. having surgery in, in, in back-to-back years. Yep. He's he's the guy. Malkin, on the other hand, like that's the big question. Do, do you guys consider Pittsburgh to be a contender still? Is the window still open? Um, I, I don't. Um, the only reason that I hesitate to say that I don't is because of Sidney Crosby mm-hmm. and to to a degree of Genny Malkin, Chris Letang. Like I, I know what those three players can can do and what they're capable of when they are at another level. Uh, the problem is Malkin's thirty five, Crosby's thirty four, Letang's thirty four, and I don't trust their goaltending. So um, no, I, I don't view them as a contender at all. I I don't know if they're a contender, but I think they're still in the conversation to compete in the division and make the playoffs. In fact, I, th- I think they will be a playoff team. Whether or not they're a contender to win the Stanley Cup, I don't think so. But I think they're definitely a team that you have to keep an eye on. All comes down to everything coming together mm-hmm. at the right time for Pittsburgh. This isn't a team that can have a couple of missteps. It almost has to go perfectly for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Crosby does his part. Malkin... Didn't score 10 goals last year, guys. Yeah. And and missed half the season. And there's question marks now about his health. With that salary, if you can't play to where you need to be, and, yeah, you can get some cap relief on LTIR and, and mm-hmm. so forth, but where are you going to find that type of talent to be able to to produce like Evgeny Malkin? And, and remember, they also went out and got Jeff Carter. And I, I panned that trade because yeah, of the did. extra year on that mm-hmm. that contract. And he played better than I thought he would with Pittsburgh when he went over from the from the LA Kings. Mm-hmm. But if if Malkin can't play, then you're really leaning on Jeff Carter at this yeah. stage of his career. And I I just don't know 
that if it's if everybody's not healthy and going, whether the window can be pried uh, open enough to give them a shot. Now I know Malkin has the the no movement clause, but if things go sour and this team is out of it by the trade deadline, being this is the last year of his his You're con- talking about resigning him. Chapman, like everything, uh, everything, everything's hey. about res- and, and not just a one-year deal. Like everything points towards yeah. and and justifiably so, he should retire as a Pittsburgh Penguin. Yeah, I'm not. I, big, I, I don't care whether you <laughs> sign with the Pittsburgh Penguins or or play a couple of years somewhere else. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. But if you're one of those people, uh, then yeah, he he fits that that model. Uh, they, Brian Burke and Ron Hextall. And the ownership group there, Ron Burkle, are all part of making sure that Latang, Crosby, and Malkin finish their careers with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Then you understand you're not a contender anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I, mean, I mean, like that's that's the reality of the situation. Like if if those three guys retiring as Penguins are are kind of the mission statement right now. You're looking at new deals for Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin. Uh, Sidney Crosby still has four seasons left on his current contract. So you have to come to grips with the fact that there's really not much you're going to be able to do in terms of really competing. Will you make the playoffs? Probably. Uh, But are you going to do anything? Do I believe that the Penguins are going to do much of anything once they get to the playoffs? Not particularly. Uh, So, I mean, you know, as long as you're okay and you're willing to accept that, you've gotten three Stanley Cups out of that core – then by all means, go ahead and do what you got to do. Get them re-signed and have them retire, but don't really have those grand illusions that you're going to do much of anything on the uh, on the backs of a 35-year-old, 34-year-old, 34-year-old who are, are running into injury issues or have dealt with injury issues their entire career. Just to tag on to what you mentioned about uh, not being able to do much in the playoffs, I think the biggest challenge to the Pittsburgh Penguins this season hmm. will be making the playoffs. That's... If if the Penguins get in, I give them a fighter's chance of doing something. But just to get in in that division is going to be a massive challenge. And quite quite honestly, can can Jeff Carter do what what he was able to do last year? Closing in, he would have had a twenty five goal season. If if he can do that and Malkin can get healthy and Crosby can come back. Then they they should be able to get in. Goaltending, it comes Dude. back to that. Goaltending. Uh, we're going to yeah. take a break. Uh, reset for uh, the final half hour of the VGK Insider Show. Top five, bottom five. Step number two, and now is when it starts to get a little juicy. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. How about a little time check? What are we looking at right now, Chapman? How much space do we have in this segment? We have two minutes. Nice. That's beautiful. Yes. Yes, two minutes exactly. NFL season starts tomorrow night. I know we're uh, talking some hockey here on the VGK Insider Show, which is source for the best hockey talk in the Las Vegas Valley, Millard Chapman and Wallace. Uh, but the, with the NFL season, all fantasy drafts uh, closing in on completion as of tomorrow. Uh, ours with the uh, VGK occurs tomorrow during our show. So mm. I will be announcing my selections 
live on the air tomorrow <laughs> because I don't want to be looking at the computer all the, all the time. So I'm going to try and make sure that I'm focused enough on the program. I have the first overall pick. Should I trade the first overall pick or should I keep it and go big? Well, I think you keep it and go big. Yeah? Yeah. What are you going to trade it for? The snake draft and that's uh the 10-person league. Yeah, I'm I'm keeping that pick and I would I would based on how the scoring works in that league, I I would look at one player specifically. McCaffrey? No. I would stay away from him. He's coming off a major Cook? injury, running back. Yeah, not Dane Cook, by the way. Dalvin Cook. <laughs> yes, Dalvin Cook. I saw D. Cook. I did a mock draft yesterday. D. Cook popped up. And the the only thing, I, I, don't, I don't follow football that closely. And the only D. Cook I could think of was Dane Cook. I'm like, boy, he'd be great for the room. I'm not sure it's worth a first overall selection. Yeah, like I told you and Ed in, in a tweet, just avoid Lucky Whitehead. CFL players are not eligible and uh you you don't want to take Lucky Whitehead first overall. I like my uh, I like my CFL too. Yeah. So there is there is there fantasy CFL? Yes. Oh man, I've never I, I bet, part I bet of it. Gary but... would kick your butt in that. By the way, <laughs> Gary kicks my butt in almost everything. Uh, Gary was tweeting yesterday uh, that uh, that he didn't get on. He was upset on the show. Oh yeah, like, I saw that. Gary, I'm gonna let you know right now, and I'm just speaking to Gary here. Mm-hmm. We're like Augusta National on this program. <laughs> all right. <laughs> the more you ask to be part of this group, the more we're going to give you the old silent treatment and not invite you on. If you just sit back there and bide your time, we'll bring you on, Gary. But the more you ask, the more we're just going to say, we're fine. Top five, bottom five. We're at the number four hole. Fourth best team entering the National Hockey League season. Fourth worst team. It's coming up at the top of the clock on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Yanmark trying to get it towards the empty net. He dives. He scores. Hat trick. Game seven. Yanmark. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. And he comes, fakes. He scores. Mark Stone, shorthanded goal. Took the goal off its pegs. Lost his stick, but more room to pump his fist. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. We have a 90-minute show today on the VGK Insider Show. I know it's uh, show number two for this uh, 2021-2022 National Hockey League season on Fox Sports Las Vegas, uh, but uh, we're, we're not shortening it just because we're tired from from breaking the seal yesterday and then doing the show for the first time in a while. Uh, the Aces game is coming up. The pregame show is coming up at the bottom of the hour, so we're going to clear the way for that. I'm actually going to the Aces game for my first WNBA game, so I'm excited about that. Uh, so we've just got uh, half an hour to go here uh, to get the, through a couple of important subjects. So one is that group of unsigned players that are left on the table, the RFAs. And I want to run through that list in just a little bit. But uh, what we've been talking about going through this week is the top five, bottom five, the five best teams in the National Hockey League going into the season, as voted on by the VGK Insider Show, and the five worst teams going into this season. Yesterday was an interesting one, as we kind of 
nibbled around the edges a little bit. Not a lot of controversy. I think we're going to get deeper into the debate today. So let's start with Chapman with Mm. his fourth, and we're at number four now, the fourth best team in your mind, Chapman, as we start the National Hockey League season. All right. I'll preface by saying maybe not a popular opinion Hmm. here in Vegas, but I think the fourth best team in the NHL is the Vegas Golden Knights. I think you, you look at some of the teams that may be ahead of them. I think there's a lot of competition for those top three, top four spots. I feel like they're a lot better than the team that I had as the fifth best team in the Toronto Maple Leafs. I like some of the moves they made in the offseason. I think there are some question marks, mainly about the third line, and which seems to be a question mark every season. And I think the absence of Alex Tuck is going to hurt a little bit. I think they'll be able to overcome that. I think they're solid in the goalie position. I really like Laurent Brossois as a backup. I think he's going to be a really good number two goalie here. And look, you, you can't really argue with the top six. They are a very, very good team. I just don't know if I can put them ahead of the three teams that I have ahead of them as the top five best teams in the NHL. Interesting that he makes so many apologies for picking a team to be in the top four. Right, that's a really uh, good the place National to be. Hockey League. And yeah, Alex Tuck, haven't talked a lot about that, but he'll be gone into the new year, in and around there, coming off the uh, surgery on his shoulder. Uh, that will have an impact. The return of Alec Martinez should help. Uh, I have Vegas higher than number four. Uh, Wallace, where are you with the fourth best team in the National Hockey League? All right. So this one might be a little bit out of left field, but <laughs> I'll give... I think what is a, a very strong and perhaps compelling case for it, um, my fourth best team in the NHL right now is the Florida Panthers. No, nothing? No one's, no one's going to shot. Like, I, I, like I said, ooh. Anything? Unfortunately, oh, my mic wasn't on. Yeah, my mic why, wasn't Why on. didn't you have your mic on? Because <laughs> like I paused for the reaction. I, I, I was drinking a, a, a sip of water. <laughs> Wallace? Yeah. I agree. Florida's my really? number four pick. Yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I don't have to convince Darren, but the way that I look at it, this is a team that you, you know you could you could look at last year's one like in one of two ways. Was it an aberration or is this team here to stay? I like their coach in Joel Quinville. I I trust in his process. I think you're able to add Sam Reinhart. You get Aaron Ekblad back, and he was an absolute beast last year. I think this is a team that's that's able to score. They've got solid defense, and I I really do have high expectations, and I believe in Spencer Knight. I also think that Bobrovsky can be better and should be better. I just look at this team top to bottom. I don't see a lot of holes. I do think they're for real, and I think they're going to be good next, next season. Joe Thornton, too, right? Yeah, very yeah. under-the-radar signing. Absolutely. Uh, why... Why do you think that a team can be as good as you had the Florida Panthers but still have question marks in goal? Because one guy's played a handful of games and is raw as far as experience is concerned. Uh, Spencer Knight expected to be the franchise goalie. The other guy is a two-time Vezina Trophy winner who, quite frankly, stunk the last two years. (laughs) So, like any other team, you go, big question mark. I'm not sure I can put them at number four. Yeah. But 
I agree with you. They're they're a number four team. Give me the reasoning behind the goaltending for you. So for me, like I I I have to believe that Sergei Bobrovsky is going to somewhat return to the mean, right? Like at some point he's going to be somewhat close to the goaltender that we expect him to be. And I just look at Spencer Knight and I I know he's green and I know that there's not a lot of experience there, but I, I just think that he's one of those guys that has it. And the fact that you've got Bobrovsky there, I think it does take a little bit of that pressure off of Spencer Knight. For me, it's a, it's a decent one-two punch there if Spencer Knight can kind of take the reins. Um, yes, you're spending a lot of money on goaltending, but Spencer Knight's on a really good entry-level deal. So I, I just I, I like Knight, and, and I do think Bobrovsky is going to at some point find his form a little bit more than he has over the last two years. And for me, it, it just comes down to the, the belief I've got in Spencer Knight. Here's the reason why it works in Florida, despite the question marks and goal. Joel Quenville, and has nothing to do with X's nose and forecheck or power play setup or penalty kill. It has to do with Joel Quenville. Somehow, he's like the goalie whisperer. Uh, he, remember, he won the Stanley Cups in Chicago with Anthony Anime, Corey Crawford, and Scott Darling. He went away from Corey Crawford with Scott Darling in the middle of, uh, of that last run, and he got them through, the big man got them through a, a couple of key series. He will play whoever's stopping the puck. Like, it is just yeah. that simple with, with Joel Quenville. And he he somehow evades controversy and, and avoids that type of uh, distraction. That's the simple fact of why I think it works with the goaltending uh, uncertainty with the Florida Panthers, why I put them at number four. Uh, and, and Barkov and Huberto and uh, go, Tam Bennett, like, it's, they've got a really yeah. good team. Yeah, they're they're as you look over their roster and you look at the players they have, the the high end talent is there, depth they've got that. You you talk about Joe Thornton that signing, that's a guy that that pays attention to the league and that's a guy that's that's trying to give himself the best opportunity to win a Stanley Cup. And when you hear Joe Thornton say, "I'm looking at what they're doing right now and I look at this roster and I believe in the vision," um, I mean, that's that's a lot. That goes a long way. I just think what's being built right now in Florida is is a team that's ready to compete, and I just look at them as, as a really strong team. And the experience of last year, the experience of being as good as they were all year long, getting that playoff uh, taste, I think it goes a long way for them. Is it too easy to make an old person joke going to Florida? With Joe Thornton, it's like the, I mean, it, it's low-hanging uh, fruit, but go is. for it. Do they yeah. play the Golden Girls theme when he when he skates out on the ice for the first time? You know, the, one of the most depressing <laughs> parts about my life in the last couple of years was when I realized that I was the same age as one of the Golden Girls uh, <laughs> on the show. Well, like, was, was like really. I'm in that uh, anyway. What's 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 kind of depressing for me is when I look at Joe Thornton and I realize I'm like six weeks older than him and he <laughs> could probably beat the hell out of me. Oh no, not probably. Oh well, yeah, he he, he could absolutely beat the hell out of me. I mean, he could he could take he, me down without me. blinking too. But uh, and but his there's beard no, is no probably his there. beard is better than mine too. Fourth worst team in the National Hockey League this year. Who is it, Ryan Wallace? All right, this one. For me, it was kind of a no-brainer. Who did you take I yesterday? To... Who was five? 
my fourth worst team is or my fifth worst team yesterday, number five was the Ottawa Senators. Okay. Uh right now, for me, number four, the San Jose Sharks. Uh, listen, for a team that was already old, they got older. Nick Bonino, Andrew Cogliano. If if Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and Mark Edward Vlasic can find the fountain of youth, then maybe this team isn't going to be terrible. But I just don't see it. There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of the of of noise surrounding this team. Tomas Hurdle not necessarily content being in San Jose. Uh, you've got Evander Kane and and really kind of everything that swirls around him, and then you've got a better tandem in goal in Aiden Hill and James Reimer, but there's just nothing there for me with the San Jose Sharks. I don't think they're going to be particularly good, and until they mm. move on from Brent Burns or Eric Carlson or Mark <laughs> Edward Vlasic, one of those contracts, I don't think they're going to be good oh, wow. for any any times anytime soon. A lot of time left on those deals. Chapman, fourth worst team. Well, I'm going to stick in the Pacific. Who'd you go with uh, yesterday? Ottawa Senators. I think I think there's a team. The, the Sharks are going to be really bad, but I think all the distractions will galvanize that team, and they'll finish in seventh place and not in last place. I think the worst team in the Pacific is the Anaheim Ducks. They're building something. They've got some really good pieces in place. They're just not there yet. Right. Um, they're going to go through some lumps. I think they're they're going to take a beating even in the division. I think they're going to take a beating because I feel like there's a pretty big gap between them and say the Kings and even the Kraken. Um, but like I said, I, I I like some of the pieces they have. They're young, but they're just not there. They're just not ready to take another step. I think they'll give some teams a hard time and, and some trouble, but I just don't feel the experience is there for them to beat some of those better teams, especially within this division. I mean, and John Gibson, do we do we? Are, are we 100% confident that John Gibson is is all in on the Anaheim Ducks? Yeah. Are we are we are we completely he's on a great goalie just he, faces all kinds of shots. He's well, going to play for Team USA. Well, that yeah, he's but, an Olympian. But, but the what's in front of him in Anaheim is not what's going to be in front of him. That's not what you asked though. No, no. Maybe maybe I worded that wrong. I don't know <laughs> if what I don't know if he's good enough to carry this team out of last place. Mm-hmm. He's really good. But I just think there's so much ahead of him that that's still growing. That's going to be hard for for him to carry them very far. You could go get a five and a half by three and a half sheet of plywood, and I'm not sure it's good enough. <laughs> yeah. I can't say six by four because I wouldn't allow any <laughs> any pucks. Well, uh, well, that may be the case too. Yeah, uh, I'm going with uh, Seattle. Ooh. Well, you went with the Ducks yesterday, right? Yep. Okay. So uh, the big theme here, uh, Pacific Division, and you saw that from the uh, the draft lottery and the draft uh, and all the other picks from the, uh, from the Pacific Division. Uh, as much as we appreciate what happened and enjoyed what happened with the Vegas Golden Knights in yep. year one, what occurs with Seattle is going to further reinforce how brilliant – the first four years uh, have been for the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's lightning is not going to strike twice. I don't think it's going to be horrendous or mm-hmm. any type of disaster, but I don't think you see any type of uh, repeat from the uh, the performance of not just the run to the Stanley Cup from the Misfits, but 
uh, being so competitive uh, from the start. Uh, I, I think Seattle will be fun to watch. It'll be a great story, uh, but uh, it's going to be a return to the traditional performances by an expansion team in, in the National Hockey League. Your number five was Anaheim, right? Yes. What do you like about Anaheim more than you like about Seattle? Uh just experience of being together. Like it, nobody's moving, nobody's changing teams, nobody's finding mm. schools, nobody's doing all that stuff. Uh, I, I think that there's a little bit uh, to that. Like the exceptional, the, we may never realize or fully appreciate what happened here with the Vegas Golden Knights in that first year from the on ice performance. Like it was, it still boggles my mind. I still remember looking at the list at the expansion draft and and then trying to <laughs> afterwards correlate that with a, a march to the Stanley Cup final. I can't do it. And mm-hmm. I can't I can't sell myself on that. I can't sell you on that. So just with everything that's going on and getting ready uh and also like they're not even going to play in their building for the first 2 weeks. Like, there's there's that part of it too. Like it's there's still there's more moving parts with Seattle than there was with Vegas. And uh, and I think that uh, that coaches, managers, everybody did probably a little bit better uh, job. Being uh, there were still uh, openings, but uh, and and you also looked at, at what they did uh, with their picks. They could have gone with home run uh, established players, Carey Price, mm-hmm. and, and didn't Tarasenko didn't. And so I, I just think from an organizational philosophy, they're probably going to be uh, behind. Uh, what what Vegas was, so I have them at uh, at number four. So uh, the fourth worst team today, as voted on by the VGK Insider Show, is Seattle, San Jose, and Anaheim. The fourth best team, as voted on by the VGK Insider Show, going into the season, two votes for Florida, and one vote for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, from Chris Chapman. Yep, direct all hate mail. To Chris Chapman at <laughs> Magnum. What, what's the what's Magnum number? Seven zero two. Our area code. Magnum. I didn't know that. I, I know it's our area code, but Come I didn't on. know. Yeah, that. I, I didn't know yeah. it was was seven zero two. I thought it was like like the seven hundred and second Magnum. No. On Twitter. Nope. It's our area code. So Magnum seven oh two. Now I'll never forget that. I put a whole uh, lot of thought into it. All right? the uh, all the hate mail. Well, it stumped me. So uh, so good well, on you. Well, I don't know if that's saying a whole lot. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, what time are we out of here? Because we've got the Aces game coming up. At we the, uh, we have the about uh, six minutes before. Uh, all right, before we're out. Six minutes. Uh, have you guys looked at the list of restricted free agents that have still not signed? Like Elias Patterson, uh, <laughs> Quinn Hughes. Brady Kachuk. Brady Kachuk, uh, Dalin, uh, Kaprizov. The Kaprizov one is really, really <laughs> interesting. Well, the, he played the bluff of the KHL, and yeah. that went away. Everybody knew that was just a bluff. Uh, yeah, who's the most important player to their team to get signed? Okay. In that list? Um, it's, to, to me, it's kind of uh, a two per well Kirill Kaprizov to me is the most important player that has to be signed by by his team like the Minnesota Wild yes they they were able to kind of move on from the Parise and Suter era but it was painful to do so it's going to be painful in terms of uh, dead cap space over the next little while for sure 
So you have to have kind of that ace in the hole, so to speak. And Kirill Kaprizov under contract is going to go a long way to kind of, you know, putting putting that pain to bed a little bit. Um, and he's just so dynamic. He makes that team go. He, he was so, so good as a rookie, unanimous uh, rookie of the year. To me, it's Kirill Kaprizov, and then it's, it's probably um, a tie between two players that end up playing for the same team. <laughs> You're talking to Vancouver? Yeah. <laughs> Hughes, and, Hughes and Pedersen? Uh, yeah. I think Minnesota can get by a little bit. Where I'd be frustrated if I Minnesota is you, you bought out these two legends. And he's still yeah. not signed. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, uh, there's give and take. Kaprizov's asking for the world here, and mm-hmm. uh, and they're they're just trying to figure out a way to make it work uh, from the organization standpoint. But yeah, you'd be a, a little bit frustrated. Uh, I'm with you. Vancouver has no shot if they can't get that thing taken care of. Uh, Ottawa, I, I think that's going to happen sooner than later, and it's probably going to include the captaincy for Brady Kachuk. Hmm. Um, but uh, Dolly, Buffalo, like Buffalo could be, nobody's mentioned Buffalo in the, uh, in the five worst. I, I think there's a whole lot of Buffalo coming <laughs> in, in, in the next few days uh, when it comes to that, when, you know, when you look at uh, what's, what's hanging out there with the Buffalo Sabres. Well, you know, when you ask what's the most important, I'm going to just put this one out there. I don't care about those other teams. I care about what's going on in Vegas and Nolan Patrick is an RFA who has not been signed yet. So, I mean, yeah, it it would suck for Minnesota if they don't re-sign Kaprizov and it would suck for Vancouver, but right here in our hometown, in our city, we got to make sure Nolan Patrick gets signed because that was one of the big acquisitions in the offseason. He's a guy who you kind of envision centering your third line, an improved third line, a revamped third line. So I think that that's that's a really important sign. too, right? Uh, Patrick and Coglin still have to sign. I, I think Coglin yeah. is RFA still, yeah. Yeah, so uh, still some business to take care of before training camp. But you, you got to kind of hold back on on some of those ones just to spice up training camp. Hey, make make it you know? interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, just to spice up training camp for I, us. I think we haven't had Patrick, one of these for a couple of years. Right, he's a, he's, he's a Winnipeg guy, and I think he was waiting for uh, for you to get back from Tokyo. Mm. So, so you can break the news. I would appreciate that if that, that was indeed the case. Uh, do you guys follow uh, NHL jersey numbers, uh, NHL new numbers on Twitter? I didn't even know no. that was a thing. It's a, it's no. a cool little uh, little site. So I was going through it today, and they just they <laughs> they reveal who's going to wear what number. Uh, Christian yeah, Dvorak's no, that, going to wear number twenty-eight. Self-explanatory. I know. I know. I like. Yeah. Uh, Christian Dvorak's going to wear jersey number twenty-eight. Jersey last worn by John Merrill, uh, uh-huh. Montreal Canadiens. Uh, yes, Barry Kukanyemi, uh will wear number 82 for the Carolina Hurricanes. That's a strange mm-hmm. number. That's a bad number. You know what's funny, why, Chapman? Is Why is it a bad number? Everybody that, that I've talked to today, like I've, I've mentioned this uh, around the office, everybody said 82 is a bad number. Yeah, it's just a strange number. No. There's nothing uh, wrong with it's it. It's like being... a tight ends number in the NFL. Like That's what I think of when I think of like 82. Do you know who I, I last mean, wore 82 for the Carolina Hurricanes? I have who? no idea. Nobody. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> Nobody. Because it's a bad number? Bad number. Pierre <laughs> okay. Edward Belmar will wear jersey number 41 for the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's not surprising. Last Tracks. worn by Mike Smith with the Tampa <laughs> Bay Lightning. <laughs> Sorry. 
Anytime you talk about Mike Smith, it just makes me laugh. And the, the, the great thing about that is Mike Smith will be 41 when his contract expires Listen, with the Edmonton Oilers. You cannot, like I'm, I'm too much of a child in this situation for you to bring up Mike Smith's name in any context and have me not laugh hysterically because he's under contract for the next two years. Yeah, that's just fair. amazing. Zach Bogosian will wear jersey number 24 for the Tampa Bay Lightning. See, I like 24. I yeah. think that's a solid number. The last Tampa Bay Lightning to wear number 24? Zach Bogosian. <laughs> so, Makes sense. Just uh, going yeah. through that uh, a little bit. And on this day, mm-hmm. these are my abbreviated one-timers. On this day in 1995, on the subject of numbers, Pavel Burry changed his jersey number from 10 to number 96. Mm. Those are your one-timers. How long did that last for Pavel? For the end, didn't it? No, I don't think so. He changed it right back to 10. Really? I remember he scored. Yeah, he scored a a training camp goal, an exhibition goal, like off his skate. Stick, skate, stick, and in. Uh, On a Boston goalie. Might have been Raycroft. I don't know who it was. But it was one of the greatest goals I've ever seen at that speed. Pavel Bure changed back to jersey number 10 after two injury-plagued seasons with 96. Hmm. So it was two seasons. Yeah. Huh. I thought it was longer than that. Kind of like this segment. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we are going to uh, welcome aboard uh, some guests in the next couple of days, but we wanted to let everybody breathe tomorrow on Fox Sports Las Vegas.